Cinebuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Pizza Man. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. From 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, I'm Justin Martin. Uh, from Milwaukee Film, I am Christopher Pollard. Together, we are Cinebuds, and today we are talking about our weirdest 80s cult classics. So, as a as a duo, as a group of Cinebuds, mm-hmm. we are fans of weird movies. Yep. And uh, we have hit on a sub-genre of weird movies, one of which is Christopher Pollard's, I would say, unique specialties. I don't, the, I don't want to make any claims of uh, grandiose claims. Uh, <laughs> I'm a simple man. Uh, I'm a humble, simple man who likes some movies from when I grew up. That's all. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, these are the weirdest 80s cult classics a group of films which K. Polly has been curating for uh, a lifetime. Yeah, that's right. Could you could you define <laughs> what we mean by or may or maybe like your your uh, kind of like idea yeah. coming into what these movies are? Sure. Let's start with the 1980s. Uh, yeah. Actually, let's go back further. Let's talk about how time works. So, <laughs> 1980s designates a decade that was a uh, longer ago than I am uh, comfortable recalling. Mm-hmm. 80s it's about neon it's about lasers yes about uh uh, synthesizers uh and colorful clothes and it's a very oversexed decade (laughs) when you watch 80s movies it's like guys just (laughs) read a book relax um yeah i hated it when i was in the 80s i thought this is a stupid decade and then now i i was like what how ridiculous was i to think that it was (laughs) really fun and crazy some of it's bad i mean for sure but it's uniquely bad and fun and interesting so so how many uh how many how many you've got in the collection listen uh endless but i've focused (laughs) i've focused on like six of them here and you know we'll dig in on a couple more than others but uh there's like six of them here that i thought oh this is a good range of of genres and stuff so Let's talk about one up front. Well, I'm starting early in the decade. It's 1981, and there's a film called Quest for Fire. Okay. Are you, are you familiar with this one at all? Absolutely not. Obscure! No. Obscure! Uh, yeah, it's actually by a Canadian director, Jean-Jacques Anod, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm sure I butchered his name. But it, it even won an Oscar, so calling it a cult film. But it won an Oscar for mm. makeup makeup effects, so that makes sense. Okay. It is essentially the story of prehistoric man and these tribes that are fighting for a new fire source. It's like the creation of fire and how these tribes of early man are trying to own it. Sounds it is interesting. <laughs> it was pinnacle in my childhood. We did the voices of these care of these characters for weeks after watching it. Is it, is it funny? Um, there's actually, there actually, no, I mean, inten- <laughs> intentionally no. Uh, but it is, there actually is a little bit of humor at the beginning, but the, they had, um, Anthony Burgess, who wrote Clockwork Orange, actually created a language, a early man language. So it's a lot of grunts and noises, but it was actually a a legit language that was mapped out. It's got, and obviously, if you're talking about early cavemen, you got to have 
you've got to have Ron Perlman in there. If you're talking early caveman, I mean, there's one <laughs> who, guy you're looking for. Who are you going to cast? casting Ron Perlman. I <laughs> True. Mean, He's got that big face. Va- just a, a dab of makeup for that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, though the makeup is amazing. The costumes, if you can call them that, are impressive. And I just remember finding this to be a fascinating film. It did get some critical critical success. Uh, and it, like I said, it won a bunch of awards. But it's it's one that you forget about because there's like no discernible dialogue. And, uh, that I don't, sounds I, I, very don't, weird and yeah, very interesting. It is very interesting. I liked it a lot. Okay, what is the name of that one? Quest for Fire. Okay, uh, that was one of six movies that K. Polly has picked. Uh, we're going to talk about the five others when we get back from the break. Yeah, strap in. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. And we back. You're welcome. We are in the 80s. Christopher is talking about some of his favorite cult movies. What was the movie you were just talking about? Searching for Fire? Quest for Fire. Quest for Fire. Yeah. There's a scene. There's a scene where he finds an egg in a tree, and he pokes a hole in it and just starts dabbing it in <laughs> with his finger and wiping it on his mouth. That I I think about probably once a week. <laughs> like every what? time I make eggs, I like I'm so <laughs> just poke my finger in. <laughs> I love one of my favorite things is like you know having a bit to just yourself. Yeah. Yeah, You know, it's like one of those things where it's like you do the bit. Sometimes like somebody might see it or not. And yeah. uh, it's like, it's just a bit for you. I know. It just makes me happy. I will say another funny thing is my cousin and I, after watching this film, decided we could communicate using like grunts with vague, vague, like uh, just the whisper of an actual word in it. And we got really good at it to where we could understand each other, but people outside of us uh, could not. And that became a, a fun thing to do for a few weeks. Could you give me an example? Yeah. Oh, Cinnabon. <laughs> I just said, I just said, I love Cinnabuds. And he would, if he were here, he would have understood. Ah, La Cinnabon. <laughs> it's just grunts with vague words hidden. <laughs> wow. Do I love that. Oh, it's, it's the most fun. <laughs> do you like call each other on the phone now? You know? No, we haven't done it in many years. One day I should just call him from a, from a burner phone just to see <laughs> just see who doesn't know it's me and go yeah. it just, just launches right into it yeah. yeah just like oh someone's calling me from the past yeah what a, why why were you attracted to this movie as a kid it's- uh this was a definite i mean especially the 80s was like i absorbed as much as my local video store had for me i watched yeah. whatever and i think but though i do think this may have been introduced to me by somebody it was probably my cousin's older brother also my cousin if you if you know how family works <laughs> you do the math <laughs> yeah yeah you can figure that out um because they always had like weird tastes and always introducing me to like stuff i was uh i was like resistant to right <laughs> it's like black also, and white movies no thanks also the primal grunting is kind of key when you're oh, a yeah. teenage boy you know it is weird to think of like a 15 year old having the patience to watch a two hour thinking, movie like, doesn't sound like exactly like a yeah, 14 no 
real dialogue. Like, I don't believe there's subtitles or anything like that. It's just <laughs> climb up a tree, eat an egg, run from a tiger. <laughs> but Should I'm trying to look it, this up on IMDb. What is it? Search for fire. Quest, quest for fire. Quest. <laughs> See, I just this swear is to God, it, I'm like. This is why it's a hidden lost treasure. People <laughs> yeah, can't yeah, remember the name. Get about it immediately. Can't remember okay, the name. 1981. Wow. Yeah. I am. Uh, wow. The the Truly. makeup is impressive for 81 for sure. I yeah, mean. it is. Okay. All right. Quest for fire. We're starting off hot. Yeah. That's starting a good one. off with the fire. What um? What else you got? Um, another one, and this one isn't really that obscure by any means, It's, uh, but it's definitely a cult classic, which is The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. This is one that I have, I've heard the name. Yeah, it is a long title. You want to give us like a plot rundown or something? Oh, I love describing the main character. Buckaroo Banzai is an adventurer, brain surgeon, rock musician. <laughs> <laughs> And part, of, man. and part of a crime fighting team. Yes, he contains <laughs> multitudes. I mean, that's a, such a funny character that I'm a brain surgeon, rock star, and I fight wow. crime. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a part of a group called the Hong Kong Cavaliers. Wow. <laughs> and they have to stop an evil alien invasion led oh by John Lithgow, which, I mean, that's great. Uh, so, yeah, they're... Uh, aliens planning to conquer earth but you have this like mega star who's leading a team and the cast is so good so peter weller who was robocop he stars as uh buckaroo bonsai john lithgow's the villain you got ellen barkin a young jeff goldblum christopher lloyd wow it's like the 80s in a movie i know and Jeff Goldblum plays a character named New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, each of them have a lot of character. So it's really fun. It's this cat. It's this, you know, ragtag crew, but not not that ragtag, because like I said, brain surgeon rock star. Right. And it's very weird. It's very funny. Uh, but and the you know, it's it's extremely 80s. Like his outfit is superb, like a pink, pink tie collar popped. Right. You right, know, right, that right, whole right. thing. So, my 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 buddy Shan really loves him. Oh, Shan, he's a Milwaukee film. Oh, actor. I know Shan. Yeah. Yeah. Shan, Shan, like, knows this movie, like, line for line. I feel like we've discussed it. I feel like it's come up when talking sure. to him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one's great. It's just fun. And don't, you know, it's, if you're a younger person, just don't think about the effects. Like, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the remedial effects that they have and these, like, huge plastic I like, costumes. I feel like that is part of, like, the draw for this era yeah. is is the, like, less than perfect, shall we say. Honestly, uh, yeah. Like, and it's, I mean, for, at the time, it was fantastic. But also... right, right. right. What I am and what the world is re- remembering how much they love is every film has a synth soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Synthesizers everywhere. I mean, Stranger Things, etc. It's it's back in a big way. <laughs> the yeah. 80s are being celebrated. But that soundtrack, that sound is definitely still appealing to me. Hell yeah. Love it. Okay. Uh, let's go for movie number three. All right. Uh, this one is so I'll do this one real quick. Um, there's a movie and this isn't really that weird other than the fact that it's such, um, a staple mundane one sort of, I mean, it's interesting. It's a really bad movie, but okay. Not in a really fun way. It's called band of the hand. 
band of the hand. And I know it's going to be like a lot of people aren't going to. This one is a very deep cut, I believe. It's directed by Paul Michael Glazer, who was Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. Or maybe it was Hutch. I, I honestly don't remember. Um, but he uh, directed this film. It is about Outward Bound was like a big thing in the 80s, I think, where they sent you, you go out into the wild with a with a guide and you learn skills. Okay. <laughs> so um, skills, yeah, skills, survival skills, Napoleon outdoorsy Dynamo. skills. Yeah. But uh, it's about five like juvenile delinquents that they're like really the worst of the worst, supposedly, uh, from different yeah. walks of life, and they're sent out with uh, Stephen Lang, who was like a staple of the eighties, um, to it's learn. Like- how Lawrence to Fishburne was in this. Yeah. He plays a bad guy. I'm sorry, um, they learn how to, they learn how to all these survival skills and they're all, they all hate each other at the beginning. They learn to work together, you know, pretty okay. standard, but another state, then they come it's back to civilization. Skills. Yeah. yeah. And then they, and this is another staple of the eighties is the community center. <laughs> 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 Everything is based around a community center. You've got your, you got your uh, uh, break into electric boogaloo. Got to save the community center. Of course. Of course. So, yeah, you've got uh, like Miami drug lords targeting them uh, while they try to clean up their neighborhood. And then they use their newly found survival tactics to defeat the drug lords. Wow. Uh, that's can't, very, very 80s. Can't. I loved it as a kid. And uh, uh, John Cameron Mitchell is in it. He He's the director and star of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh, yeah. So, but he was like a kid actor too. So he plays this, there, the crazy suburban kid. Is there a great uh, training montage of skills? Oh, yeah. It's like the first, it's like <laughs> third of the movie is <laughs> is training them out in the, so yeah. And then seeing them slowly like, hey, now I hated you. Now I respect you. Oh, oh I love, that. love that moment. Okay. But I honestly can't get, I can't get enough of this movie for some reason. Uh, Band of the hand. Yeah. It's a hard sell. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And now I think it's like strictly sci-fi after this. All right. Let's get into it. I mean, the Sci- 80s was like rife with good sci-fi. Uh, I mean, we talked about this briefly before. I just want to touch on Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh, I just I would just like to touch on Hell Comes to Frogtown. Just to if, put, dip a toe if in. good people don't uh, recall, yeah. uh, could you get us up to speed? Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, it stars Rowdy Roddy Piper, mm, pro course. wrestler. One of the first wrestlers turned actors, I think, right? Hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing on that, but that's what it feels like. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the genre in the 80s I like. It's the the, the post-apocalyptic film. Uh, and I did read, read about genre it. From the genre. It is really good. There's been like post-apocalyptic movies for decades uh, before the 80s. But the 80s was special because all this stuff started to happen in real life where like it was more about it was a little bit more about the environment and how radiation can harm you. Because yeah. there was like the Three Mile Island incident and then later Chernobyl. But um, they started making these movies. So they have the post-apocalyptic setting, but now there are mutants. Uh, now, the uh, 80s was all about, but also people are turning into weird things because of radiation. Love it. Yes. Yeah. So this is a post-nuclear war world where 68% <laughs> of the male population was wiped out. And nice. people, and they uh, they also, are, they don't, they're uh they can't make babies anymore they're not virile as they say right. 
So a group of fertile women <laughs> are kidnapped <laughs> by humanoid frogs. So here's the other thing. It's like I was saying. This decade is oversexed. You, really, you hit fertile women a lot harder than you hit frogs. <laughs> <laughs> should we point should we point out the humanoid frog? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's an interesting detail. It's called Frogtown. Yeah, so some people are frog people. What what's the big deal? It's post-apocalyptic. <laughs> But the there's a real gross <laughs> through line of this movie where Rowdy Rowdy Piper is one of the few men with active sperm, and they want to make babies. So he's got to get these fertile women and this virile man together. Again, 80s. This is so 80s. Where so it's all horny. About, so <laughs> horny. So froggy. So oh boy, <laughs> so post-apocalyptic. You are in the mood for horny frog people. I mean, boy, it, do I got the movie yeah. for you! And if you want a duck with boobs, well, you gotta watch. Oh boy, <laughs> you gotta watch. Uh, uh, Howard the Duck. That was yeah. the weirdest. That was one of the weirdest things that happened in the eighties. It, it was the post-free love. Yeah. It's like, where do you go after that? Post-post, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy, silly, stupid movie, but I saw it actually for the first time just a few weeks ago. So this isn't even from my childhood, where I remember it from my childhood. <laughs> just trying to insert it back into the memory. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm I'm making up for lost time. But yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you have one more or two more? I'm going to do two quick. Well, Solar Babies, we also talked about Solar Babies. Again, that's a post-apocalyptic one. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know the drill. <laughs> yeah. Except, and then again, another like everyone's out of water, so water becomes a currency. Fine, yeah. uh, I like this one because they're on roller skates or slash blades quite a lot in the movie. There's an alien being that comes up, and he's adorable. He's just an orb. ET was hugely effective on the '80s. There were so many like adorable alien kind of knockoffs after that. Mac and yeah. me, highly highly recommend Mac and me. It's like if ET had a budget of seventeen dollars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a very similar one, but it has like it has like Jamie Gertz, Jason Patrick, Lucas Haas when he's like four, it seems. But uh mm-hmm. it's just like a who's who of like young eighties uh people in it too. Um like Charles Durning. <laughs> he was he is never young. That guy was never young. <laughs> um but I love that one. And then lastly, this one is a very important one to me. Cat people. And this goes back to 1982. This is early in the decade as well. Not to be confused with cats. Not to be confused with cats and not to be confused with cat people from 1942. Oh. Um, which this is loosely based on. And the year after cat people. It does, yeah. Um, it's directed by Paul Schrader, who, did, uh, who wrote Taxi Driver. Uh, but that should okay. not lend this as much credence as that <laughs> is it did it have taxi driver vibes <laughs> i mean no not really it's darker for what is sure people oh again draw for you well nastasia kinski is the draw for me nastasia mm-hmm. kinski it was this is beautiful mysterious actress from the 80s that i was obsessed with she was in paris texas she's actually really a good, a really oh, yeah. good actress, yeah. yeah Paris, yeah. Texas. Um, but uh, this one was like, actually, did get her a lot of attention because it was this sexy, again, eighties, super horny. But it was oh, this yeah. sexy sci-fi, creepy film directed by Paul Schrader, which was a big deal at the time. Malcolm McDowell 
uh, was in it. Uh, John Hurd was the. Wow, I'm flicking through the picks. Yeah. Uh, Natasha Kinski is. Wow. Yeah, she's oh. so pretty. I have a poster of this in my office at work, Ooh. which I need to retrieve. Yes. She's so lovely, and she's so. She has such huge eyes. She's actually perfect for this. Very cat-like. Okay, okay. Um, let me read the IMDb uh, plot summary here. A young woman's sexual awakening, <laughs> uh-huh. ding, 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 brings horror, ding, ding, right. ding, when she discovers that her urges transform her into a mysterious black leopard. There we go. Yep. We've yep. got it all. Oh, you have no, that doesn't even scratch the surface. Pun intended. <laughs> Here's the here's the here's what happens. She she's a young woman who doesn't realize she's a cat person, <laughs> right? Because she's innocent and she hasn't had sex yet. Because what happens oh is, <laughs> once you have sex, yeah, things start to change. That's exactly what it is. When you have sex, you turn into this black leopard. Oh my god! And the only when you, way when you have sex, terrifying things happen. Yeah. This is, yeah, it's a cautionary tale for teens in the 80s. So you'll turn into a black leopard. The only way to turn back into a person is to murder somebody. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know how it goes. Um, Yeah, which is such a weird concept. The only way to not uh, turn into a black leopard is by having sex with someone of your own species of meaning another cat person. How do you know that they're a cat person? Well, there are no other cat people except for her brother, so that's gross. Oh my god, what? Yeah. Her brother finds her, Malcolm McDowell, who's perfect because he's gross. Uh, he seeks her out because they're the only two people left of their of their tribe or whatever. How do they know that they can that that's the only way to I don't know how she doesn't know. She's discovering it. I don't remember how Malcolm McDowell is aware. He don't ask too up. many questions is the key. All I right. mean, yeah, there's not a lot. I mean, there's a little bit of backstory. And it's actually visually, the backstory parts are really visually kind of cool. Um, there's just a lot of silly stuff in it, and the concept is silly. But I remember when I was a teen, this was like, this is an intense thriller, and I'm in on something interesting and smart. Sure. Yeah, I don't know that I was, but I've watched this recently. <laughs> I watched rewatched this recently and it is a lot of fun. It's really funny. Oh, Ed Bagley Jr. Spoiler gets his arm torn off. I just need to say it out loud because it's very funny. Okay. Well, I am going to watch this. Yeah. It's it's worth it. I have the hey, soundtrack on vinyl. I don't want to brag. <laughs> that is a prank. <laughs> that is a prank. Oh, and David Bowie has a song uh, on the soundtrack. What? Yeah. Uh Putting Out Fire. I don't remember the actual title. Putting Out Fire with Gasoline. It's a really good song. Cat People. Cat People. It was it was a, a it, it made me a man, I feel like. Okay. Yeah. Um that is weirdest 80s cult classics there's a lot of them hey Paul, can you like put a link to like the trailers for all of these in the article oh you know i can okay all right uh because i want a written reminder yeah. of what these are and so i might throw in a couple more while we're at it oh D- little bonus all D- right bonus for the website dc cab starring mr t okay oh, you got it <laughs> all right all right didn't you weren't asking for it, but I gave it to you. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's Weirdest A's Cult Classics. That's right. But you know what? I bet we've been watching other stuff. 
I bet we have been watching other stuff. <laughs> that is right. What else have we been watching? Oh, how nice of you to ask. My pleasure. Um, the I would say the main thing that I have been watching this week, as many other people have, I gave in to the Twitter mob and I started watching Mayor of Easttown. Oh, I... Is everybody in your life talking about this? Yeah, and we've we watched the last one last night as well. Oh, okay. So you've watched the whole thing? Yeah. We, okay. we binged last week, yeah. Okay, I started it yesterday because I was like, everyone is talking about this. I it, it like it doesn't seem like my kind of thing because yeah. it is uh like a procedural crime drama, which typically a TV series, which typically isn't my thing. Yeah, but I'm only I've only watched the first four episodes. Okay, so I am not all the way to the end. Uh, but uh, Are you I liking it. I really like it so far. Yeah. Yeah. It is good. You say that with a little bit of a... No, it's weird because I do like this one. I will say that this kind of show, I like The Killing is another good example of that. There's like a lot of this kind of show. There's a lot of it. Yeah. But I will say there's some that are better than others. And this is one of the better ones. Yeah. I I think there's like a lot of it that is very um like typical she's like a gritty detective yeah. whose view of the world has been tainted from her previous trauma yeah. and uh, is trying to like get her own heart back but uh i mean kate winslet is just she's really good yeah oh she's my very good god is she good yeah. Uh, just like from the from the start, there's just like so much going on in her head. And you can just like feel the like weight of her experiences without her like having to say a word. And then uh, the like just in the first episode, kind of like all of the strings that they like set and all of the a lot of times like in a first episode, it's a lot of like plot building and right. scene setting for something. And sometimes it like feels really obvious. And it's like, of course, that's what they're doing. But um, it all felt, like felt so natural, and then there's this like small community, and I felt like the the it it was more it has been more about the community and the relationships within than it is about like necessarily um kind of like glorifying the crime itself. It's gotten a little more crime heavy as as it builds it builds into the crime because that's like the through line obviously. But uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's it's really well done. It, it's of that genre, but it's a better one of that genre for sure. And they have it's a uh, it's like Philadelphia Pittsburgh. It's Pennsylvania somewhere, so they've got that heavy accent. Oh, yeah, the accents are so good. Which is really fun. Uh but I there's a great SNL sketch uh, about I didn't even realize it was about Mayor of Easttown when I saw it, and then I saw mm. it, and I was like, "Oh, I bet that was a reference to this." Uh, it's called "They Murdered My Dirter." <laughs> 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 it's just heavy, heavy Philadelphia references, and uh, everyone's my cousin, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it, I genuinely, if you like Mayor of Easttown, then go watch <laughs> the SNL sketch because it's a lot more fun after you've seen it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I do like it. Um, I I do wonder how it's gonna shake out. It, it like in this episode, it took a turn that I like wasn't really a fan of. Yeah. So 
we'll like we'll see how it goes along i was like really really enchanted by the first two episodes yeah and uh, i am i'm less so now but i'm i'm hoping that it uh it'll turn around i'm hoping that it'll turn around yeah there's a lot of these in uh england it's almost like insane how many of these kinds of shows they have over there and they all look the same but i haven't really watched many of them they just present the same so i don't know how much of a variety there is yeah but no i i honestly don't know that i even would have started this my girlfriend wanted to watch it and we and i'm glad we did though i enjoyed it also i went to uh my buddy's bachelor party this weekend was in door county and so it was 11 guys in door county and it took the inevitable turn at one point of being 11 guys in a living room watching the extended edition of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. That is not in no way is that ever an inevitable turn when you say 11 guys in door County. <laughs> All right. I, I feel like when, when like you just get dudes together, like Lord of the Rings is going to like be on at some point. I mean, I'm so much happier with that ending because when you said the phrase and I know you, so I wasn't that scared, but 11 dudes, <laughs> In Door County, I was just like, oh, that's not good. You oh, should no. never have you should never have eleven. You should be limited to four guys in Door County. I know. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. You're right. And having lived it, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> but I like the turn it took. Um what else have you been watching, Christopher? Well, nothing uh super exciting other than all my eighties treasures. Uh but I did watch I gave in uh, I also gave in and watched Army of the Dead which is that new Zack Snyder zombie movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My buddies Dave are talking Batista. about that. Yeah. I mean, it's bad. I mean, yeah, for, sh- for sure it's bad. I honestly just wanted to see like a big action thing just to. That, that's like zombies in a mall kind of. It's like... zombies in Las Vegas. So it's like a big mall. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Vegas is nothing if not a gigantic citywide mall. Um, It's, there was moments that were okay. Some of the fighting stuff was fun. Uh, I will tell you that my favorite part of it is the thing where they had um, an, a comedian, Chris D'Elia was cast in it. um, Who's a comedian. He was in that, um, in some sitcom. Anyway, he's kind of broy comedian and Mm -hmm. he got into some trouble and he had some accusations against him. So they removed him digitally from the movie. Wow. And replaced him with the comedian Tig Notaro. Do you know Tig Notaro? (laughs) Oh my God. Which is is such a funny swap. It is a brilliant swap. And I was like, it's such a good swap. And I was like, first of all, you should have thought to put Tig Notaro in there first place. Why do you need a big, like adrenaline masculine movie why do you need another bro yes uh instead God, you get such <laughs> this a this episode. very adrenaline broy version of uh tignataro which is really funny the but the interesting thing though she's great in it honestly she's the best thing about it yeah and just because she's de- i'm imagining her, her she's delivering lines i'm assuming that he was supposed to deliver. And I'm like, this would have been boring coming from him. Oh yes. So, but the funniest part is watching because they digitally, she was never in the room with Dave Batista. So most of everything you see, like 90% is her against a green screen. Wow. That's good information going in. And it's interesting to look at the visual style of it. Cause like you can't, if you didn't know it, I don't think you would have noticed because the visual style has a lot of blurred backgrounds and whatnot. Um, But 
she's got you know she's smoking a cigar and she's her she's very funny anyway um and that is fun to watch i sadly didn't know it ahead of time but it was actually kind of fun just to like look for the cgi moments and stuff yeah, like that totally but yeah tig notaro needs to be in more movies because she was the best How part you? of that absolutely and chris D'Elia should uh never be in a movie again <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's the point even before accusations honestly he's just kind of like a boring yeah i mean there's a lot yeah. better a lot better options so um uh, all right, and I think that after this, we might be back to um, doing movies, talking about movies that are actively in theaters. Oh yeah, you're right. Because Cruella, Cruella is out now. Yeah. That's in theater, and uh, uh, Quiet Place Part Two had like a huge had a huge weekend this weekend in the box yeah. office. It was like. You know, it it, uh, it was really like unexpected how how great it did. Yeah, and I'm going to see it in the theater uh, this coming week, so we might talk about that next week. But it might be like, you know, we might be back. I mean, it's interesting to think about. I'm you know now that I'm vaccinated and a lot of people I know are vaccinated, I'm yeah. feeling a lot more comfortable about going to a movie theater, and I haven't yeah. done that in like 16 months, something yeah. like that, 14 months. So I'm excited to go back. Um, and then the, the Oriental Theater is going to open again in, the, in August. So yeah. that is going to be a really amazing experience. Um, but if I can quickly plug, before you go back into the theater, uh, June is Pride Month. And uh, Milwaukee Film has pride, great Pride Month programming. If I can do a quick plug for mkefilm.org slash pride. There's some amazing movies this month uh, that you can see celebrating the LGBTQ plus community. That is great. Check it out. I think it's a perfect way to end it here. Yeah. All right. Uh, This is Cinebuds. Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. He's the best. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. The news. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. License Lab. What? We would like to thank our uh, our supporters, Associated Bank. Thank you. And also supporters, Pizza Man. Oh, Pizza Man. And also thank you to members of Milwaukee Film and 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. You're, I want to come to each of your houses and shake your hand. And finally, thank you to the brainchild behind this episode and uh, the one who, this is the episode that he has been waiting for his entire life. Thank you to the one and only Christopher Poller. What? Yes, it's you, uh, Christopher. Oh, there's so many, so many people I'd like to thank for this honor. Uh, of course, uh, oh. Nastasia Kinski. Oh yes, Nastasia yes, Kinski. Thank you for yes. shepherding me into adulthood. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, your father's super super weird, and I appreciate it, but I think he might be awful. Yeah, um, yeah that's the list. That's the full list. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>